It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. Welcome to another episode of the Franchise Academy. My name is Tom Scarta. I'm a franchise advisor and coach, and I match people with franchise opportunities based on skills, personality, goals, so like the e-harmony of business is what I like to call it. I help folks all over the country figure out if franchising is for them, and if it is, which is the best concept. And so we're going to talk a lot about how to figure out franchising right now, especially from the numbers perspective. I have a gentleman with me today, Charles Gibran, who actually is a partner in the firm Gibran and uh, Abraham PC. So an accounting firm out of Philadelphia. But the cool thing is, is before accounting or while he started accounting, actually, he got into uh, several Dunkin' Donut Baskin-Robin franchises. So he's an accountant, but also a former franchise owner and really understands the business from the inside out. So we're going to talk about that in a moment. Just want to let you know, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, check out my website, The Franchise Academy, where you can get access to my book, Franchise Savvy, which is the number one bestseller on Amazon. And in that book, it's my stories about my success with my first franchise and my failure with my second one and how I overcame that. Also, you'll find a course, an online course, 45 videos on how to buy a franchise, A to Z, everything that you need to know so you can figure out franchising for yourself on your own time. So go to the Franchise Academy dot com check that out so charles is going to be with us in one moment and talk about his experience and accounting in franchising charles welcome to the franchise academy thanks tom it's a real pleasure to be here today now this is so so great you come with such a different perspective and and i'm just so eager to kind of get into it so you got into uh duncan in like 2003 is that right yeah, right around there. It was at that time, actually, one of my fr- good friends from college, uh, um, we were looking around. Um, accounting was fun, but I always had the entrepreneurial spirit and, you know, was always interested in, uh, in franchises. I'd gone to many uh, franchise shows, always got on Entrepreneur Magazine um, and, you know, was like, wow, you know, could I do this? And uh, so we chatted and I said, let's go visit a business broker, much like you. And uh, at that particular day, you know, the gentleman uh, that was uh, there said, he lo- took a look at us and he said, I know just the one for you guys, you know, Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he had that little sparkle in his eye and he said, I've made many people wealthy with that, uh, that brand. So, you know, I looked at my friend Lou and I said, well, let's, uh, let's talk. So we walked down the hallway afterwards and uh, he said, I love coffee. And I said, I love donuts. <laughs> and it, it was a match ready to go. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we started that process and, uh, you know, as you said, it, it is a process to get into these franchises. And, you know, I learned firsthand what it's like to, you know, really see, you know, some of the struggles that people have. Um, and, you know, now, you know, being that much smarter, uh, having gone through it multiple times with the uh, multi-unit place, you know, I'm in a position to, you know, give people a little bit of advice how to hopefully circumvent some of those issues um, and also overcome them. Yeah. How long did you have the uh, Duncans for? Uh, total of seven years. Um, okay. Yeah, we had uh, we opened the first one up right in the middle of tax season, so that was uh, that was really hard, fun, 
But really, I mean, it was uh, fantastic. The amount of the adrenaline that you have when those doors open, um, it was it was neat. Um, we opened that one up in 2005. And then we opened the second one, I believe it was 2007. And, you know, again, that opened up uh, right in the middle of tax season. So that was an, an event uh, because... The first store was uh, kind of kind of what our appetite it was. It was a smaller store and did well, um, but the the second store was a freestanding ground up, um, you know, with a drive through, and it was it was a great store. Um, really, um, you know, was fun to run, um, and um, you know, learned a tremendous amount just from that one. It was an adrenaline rush for sure. Yeah, and so, <laughs> you know, you learned a lot. Um, what are some of the things that you, that you learned? Well, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, you think that when you sign the papers, you know, you're just going to go, you'll get your loan, you'll hire people and the doors open. Um, in our first store, actually, it was kind of funny because, uh, you know, there was a perfect center, um, had everything was perfect for us. However, um, the township didn't necessarily want us. So uh, when we got through the, um, the zoning board, uh, they actually voted us down. They didn't want us. Uh, so then we went to the supervisors and the supervisor said, yeah, we'd like you. So they wanted us. Well, the supervisors then, uh, I'm sorry, the zoning board then sued the supervisors. So the township sued themselves. Um, ultimately, you know, the uh, landlord uh, kind of stepped in and all they wanted to do was change the way the parking was. So that delayed the project. So, you know, you have to, every day you don't open is dollars that uh, are not in my pocket. And, you know, that was one of the things because all of a sudden what you didn't expect on the list of expected expenses is, uh, you know, how to pay attorneys to go to multiple meetings to try to get that resolved. My time to get things resolved, um, you know, change the lease, you know, to get those things resolved. So um, that was one of the major things that there's more to it than, um, you know, just the, you know, signing the papers and, you know, let's go. Right. And yeah, when you're getting into something that requires a brick and mortar like that, there's a lot of outside kind of things that could happen and and I can talk about that even myself, oh. uh, and really how to pick a place, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know the real estate, and you're, you're trying to get a good price, but sometimes it's worth paying more to be in a better center. So there's all those kind of contingencies as well. And you have to look at things too, because the the one for our second unit, this was kind of an interesting thing that uh, you know you I would think that most townships would want that particular store there, especially at Duncan. It's it brings a lot of money to the uh, uh, to the neighborhood. Um, you know, uh, employees uh, obviously will help the um, you know, the taxes and so forth, um, and obviously the uh, the real estate tax will come into play. But uh, there were two things that happened with that one is that uh, at that particular time, the design they had for the building had a large coffee cup on the side, just and a little bit of steam coming out, right? Um, the rules by the township, I think, was something like they were, you're only allowed, you know, pick a number, I forget what it was because it's been a couple of years, but 100 square feet of sign, signage, which included your, um, your drive-through board. And, and that that was considered a sign, even though it was a, a nondescript, non-DD, you know, cup of coffee with steam on it. You know, that was considered. And then, you know, you would think they want you to be successful, but you can only have the uh, uh, grand opening uh, banners up for a week. So, <laughs> you know, let's make it hard for everybody, right? <laughs> Business Prevention Bureau is what the government often is. Exactly. Yeah. But those are the things you don't necessarily see until you, you know, are into the process. And, you know, but it's important to have your eyes open 
during the process of what franchise you're going to do. And now, listen, you know, that was a uh, freestanding store. You know, if you're going to open up a lawn doctor or a, a child, well, child care to a certain extent, uh, you know, you have some of those signage issues. Um, you know, there's a whole set of different issues. You're not going to have a drive-through, but now you have, you know, other things that, uh, you know, license and inspections maybe you know, want you to do that the franchisee or franchisor didn't actually anticipate because right. it's a township thing. The township thing, right. Yeah. right. And that could drive the cost. Good point was, uh, you know, sprinklers. In some cases, townships require sprinklers and others, you know, times it's not. So, you know, that's a big cost that uh, is not always factored into the expected costs. You're talking about uh, fire extinguisher type sprinkles. sprinkles. Exactly. Yes. Cell systems. Yeah. Yeah. No question about that. I ran into those issues myself. Mm -hmm. I get that loud and clear. Yeah. So it, is it important? And so, so in my opinion, it, what I like to do is tell franchise prospective franchisees to call franchise owners that have been through it to try to understand those factors. So I, I appreciate you bringing that up. So listeners kind of know that kind of stuff. And, and one thing that you really need to do is check your local ordinances regarding your type of business. And, and it could be something simple like painting, but even doing residential painting, there might be some kind of crazy rule out there in your particular township that you need to know about going in. Right? Absolutely. For sure. So for you, um, so you ended up selling the business and, and you had said to me earlier that the people that bought the business became clients of your accounting firm, right? Not only clients, but friends. That's the fun part. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I talked to them afterwards and, uh, you know, they had another accountant at the time and they still do. I don't do all the work for them, but they, uh, um, I was able to, you know, start doing the stores. I, I, uh, I sold um, some advisory and tax work, basically. And uh, then they bought a few more and I was able to take those. I took a couple of the other ones and some of the real estate that they had. And so, you know, that was fun part. So, um, and then I used one of my contacts, the, the gentleman who used to uh, actually you know, provide me the donuts because I didn't have the whole kitchen facility. Um, you know, he came on board a few years later. And uh, so now I think I have over, um, it's got to be close to over a hundred, uh, 110 stores, uh, give or take, a um, variety of, whether it be Dunkin's, uh, Papa John's, uh, a couple of Chick-fil-A's, a couple of childcare. Um, so you think there's a, uh, what's the other one called? Uh, Checkers. Um, so yeah, it's it's a quite storied uh, list. That is very cool. Yeah. So, so you're an accountant to the franchise world. I'd like to count uh, myself as one, yes. That is so that's why I'm actually writing the book. So I can, I want to consider myself the expert. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you must do it. Absolutely. Yeah, yes. I mean, you have both sides of the table here. Yeah. Um, so people really want to know that. Um, so as somebody's listening to this and they're thinking about starting uh, a franchise or getting ready to maybe sign documents or what have you, um, what's one or two things that they should definitely be thinking about from your perspective? Obviously, it's, it's uh, you're buying yourself a job, but it's a job that has a playbook. It gives you a little idea of what you're getting yourself into. So with that being said, you know, you want to find something that you have passion about. Um, you know, when, as I said earlier, you know, I like donuts and my, my partner liked, uh, you know, coffee. Well, that certainly was good, but we also knew that there was a name out there that uh, meant something. You know, just because there is a, a franchisor out there that has a uh, the playbook, as I refer to, 
doesn't mean you're ultimately going to be in a success right away. So you have to like what you're going to do, but you have to like what the support is going to be. That's why, as you mentioned before, going and talking to some fr- um, you know, current franchisees in your uh, you know, geography, they're going to be your friends. You know, it's mm-hmm. not necessarily a, an enemy type of, of thing. They're going to help you out. You're going to help them out. But, you know, by asking them the questions, you know, support uh, that you receive from the franchisor, you know, the obstacles that you're going to have as a, as a franchisee, you know, created by the franchisor, those type things, um, you know, that's, those are the questions you really have to ask to see if you're really going to like it, because you're going to be doing this, um, you know, full time, most right. likely. I mean, there's some absentee owner type uh, franchise um, uh, opportunities, but, you know, have to remember, you're, you're putting money out, hoping that somebody else is going to run it well for you. So you're always going to really have a hand in it, I think, one way or the other. Right, right. You can't um, change. There's an old uh, Indian saying, a native Indian saying that goes something like, you can't chase, the eagle that chases two squirrels gets none or something like that. <laughs> so so you, you want to have your hand in it. Nobody will care about your business as much as you do. Right. Um, I, I don't, you know, what I try to tell people is like, you don't want to buy yourself a job per se, but you do want to buy a business that has employees and you're, you're the CEO and the CFO. And that's really your job right. um, as a franchise owner. That's the, be- that's the way it runs best mm-hmm. uh, from what I've seen. And, and you could be a vegetarian and own a McDonald's, sure. um, but you have to, like, as you said, you got to love the role of the franchise owner that you're going to be. And that's important. If, if you are getting to a business that requires a lot of marketing, as an example, are you going to be okay with going to the chamber of commerce, you know, once a week or once a month or whatever, and going to, you know, networking meetings so you could expand the business. It, it, it all depends on the business, right? But you need to, um, to enjoy what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and not so much the end product, because uh, you, you you know you could love donuts, but that's not a reason to buy a Dunkin' Donuts. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so that's that's yeah. Just I like to point that kind of stuff out to folks, and and there's so many other criteria. So from a accounting criteria, you were talking about uh, before we got on the air about people that you know they they sign their agreement and then they want to kind of run the numbers they come to you and like oh help me figure this out and you're like oh man these numbers are not good <laughs> yeah no, absolutely so it, how, you know, part, people should come to you first right yeah no it's part of the due diligence um you know obviously the franchise work can give you some information and things but ultimately there are a lot of uh intangibles that are going into the the costs to develop that particular site so, you know, one of the things even Duncan gave to me, but uh, we've helped on a, you know, multiple occasions uh, from franchisees looking to get in is just doing an analysis. Does it make sense? You know, if I put $600,000 down or into a pro- project, you know, when am I going to make money? Because, mm-hmm. you know, as I said, you know, just because you open it doesn't mean it's, it's going to make money right away. It, there's, there's a lot of work that goes into it. You know, the benefit is that um, you, you have everything in front of you, hopefully that will provide you with things that the normal person who opens up a business maybe doesn't necessarily know um, because it's a, a, a tried and true method already. So, you know, those are the things you come to me, I will tell you, you know, these are the way the numbers look, and then you can make that uh, a decision if you want to move forward, because you may say, you know, let's go through a chicken uh, you know, place, you know, maybe I don't look at Popeye's because Popeye's is not going to work in this particular jurisdiction, but a Bojangles might. All right. mm. You know, so there's, or, you know, you look at the, you know, 
what other things, the territory that you're going to be given, you know, how's it going to be? Because it's in between, you know, um, here's a particular, uh, you know, large company that's going to be across the street. Well, that's certainly going to help you uh, versus, you know, in a, uh, you know, bad part of a of strip center, you know, just because you want to open it, you can't make a, uh, a rash decision. So those are the things that we can help with. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about location, location, location. Certainly. And- in those kind of uh, brick and mortar concepts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But you have to, you know, the thing is you have to know your numbers. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, you know, and that, like for me, I'm not a numbers guy, uh, but I learned to become a numbers guy and, and get a good person to help with the bookkeeping and, and running the chart of accounts yeah. and making, because if you keep your eye on the, on the money, if you keep your eye on the numbers, it tends to expand. And if you're not looking at it, it might go sideways for sure. For sure. Yeah. If you think about it, there are a lot of people out there who are good what they do before they get into it. And, you know, as you said, it could be a sales guy, but a sales guy knows commissions and, you know, how much money he puts in his pocket, but he doesn't necessarily know about the business aspect, how to hire, how to fire, how to, you know, negotiate those leases. And, and really, as you said, knowing the numbers and, you know, when you get, things start to go out of line, if you don't know your numbers, you don't know what they're really going out of line. You just know well, there's no money going to the bottom line. What's going on? And then you have to really look at, uh, well, look at my cost of sales. That's going way out of line. Or look at my cost of my advertising. Wait a minute. It's, it's apparently my return on my investment for the advertising is not working out. So now you have to go to a different avenue. And uh, because you you know when you open, doesn't matter what doors you open, all the marketing places are going to come at you from you know mail, the Clipper magazines to the uh, uh, Mail America with all the little um, you know ads in it. Uh, yeah, I mean everybody will say I'm the best, and it is they're not cheap. No, but all of a sudden you start spending that money and you really have to, you know, look and monitor what's going to work because that's going to grow your business. Yeah. Even digital advertising, it's a really a black hole. You can throw a lot of money down and get no return. The other side of it though, um, which I would love for you to comment on is sometimes I run into people, they have a business and they're cash rich, but they aren't really making any money. They feel like they're making money, but they're really not. Right. What does that look like to you? Yeah, no, it's it's again it's knowing what's making up your numbers and where everything stands, and then you know, um, you know, but you may have a lot of money in the bank, but you also have a lot of money that's due, you know, vendors and so forth, and you know, there's a variety of ways to account for things. There's a cash basis and the accrual basis, you know, and uh, but if you don't really know that there's a, a pile of invoices, you know, sitting in your uh, you know inbox, um, you know. Great, I got fifty thousand dollars. I'm gonna I'm gonna take ten thousand dollars out because it's uh, the holiday time. And then all of a sudden, January comes. You say, "Wait a minute, uh, where where'd the uh, snow removal bill? Where'd that come from?" <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, you're right in because it was a three foot snowstorm. But yeah, so it's it's important that you know get into that routine. I was talking to a client today, and uh, I said to them, you know, you got to pick a day a week just to have an admin day, you know, because it's important to you know sit down and you know pay the bills, know what's going on. Yeah, you know, really work on the business because you know there's a tendency to kind of get wrapped up to work in the business all the time, which is important because I, I think it's important also to say to anybody who's going to work for you that you know, you've done everything that you're asking them to do, every position. Um, but you know when it if once you have the, the store established and now you're starting to think about expansion or just growing the business, so working on the business is really a key component of being part of you know running a successful organization yeah there's no question about that and it's you got to run it by the numbers Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, sometimes I'll talk to somebody and I'll say, you know, I start talking jargon and, and I'll say something like you, you really need to understand your KPIs. And they're like, oh, well, well, well uh, what's a KPI? <laughs> <laughs> say, okay, you, we need to really get schooled here. Because um, a key uh, performance indicator is important to figure out, you know, and, and that's your world. That's what you do. Oh, yeah. So One of the things we do is, uh, you know, help uh, them with benchmarking because yeah. we can throw it in and could do a comparison. I mean, some of the, some of the franchise ors will provide that, you know, your stores in a particular market, um, say what they're doing and so forth. But you know, we do the same thing um, with a, um, you know, nationwide type of, uh, you know, uh, software that we have. So that certainly helps because anytime you go to a bank and what's the first thing they do, they talk about ratios. Well, if they're talking about ratios and banks are typically successful, you know, running your business is all based on ratios and percentages and things. So yeah. you really got to know your, um, as you said, the KPIs for sure. It's, it's a good advantage. Yeah, it really is. So in your, in your kind of um, experience, I guess, what kind of experience does somebody need to be successful as a franchise owner? Yeah, that's a good question. And, and it varies. But, you know, one of the things is you, you need drive. You have to have the will to, to learn because you're going to learn a lot. Um, you know, they're going to be taught a method. And the methodology is, is, you know, apparently proven and that's what you want. I think you have to have passion because you have to, you know, really like, and we've mentioned that before, like what you're about to do um, because that certainly helps. And then some of the intrinsic values that you have to have, uh, you know, a little bit of leadership, you know, perhaps, because ultimately along the way, you know, you're going to have at least one employee and you're going to have to, you know, lead them and teach them and show them and organize them and so forth. So um, I think that's, uh, that's around. Um, the thing, the other part too, is that you have to be able to absorb the entire process because, mm -hmm. you know, when you're learning everything, you're, you're learning a method that we said, but now there's, this is what's in the box. This is what you're learning, but now you're going to take it to your own place. And there's going to be a lot more things that happen. That's not happening in a, uh, um, uh, an area that, uh, in the training um, zone. So you'll learn and be able to absorb and adjust. And that's the key. Right. Adjusting. I love that word right there. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you're the kind of person that needs something to be the same way every day, day in and day out, that's not good as a business owner. No, no. You have to adapt because you, any day there's always going to be something in the accounting world, same way. I mean, you know, there's, there's never a day that's, a, that's the same, um, you know, in the same way in any franchisee world. Um, you could be the day that this snowed three feet. Uh, I like three feet, for instance. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's why. So you have to adapt for that. Uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, when you had all the supply chain issues and you had the, uh, um, the lawn care place, you may not have been able to get all the fertilizers. So now where it rains, you know, so now what happens? You have to double duty because you have to, uh, you still have the 500 lawns had to be taken care of, but now you have a, a short season to, to get it done. Right. How about uh, tax advantages as a business owner? Do you think it's a big difference? Like if if I'm getting paid, you know, let's say a hundred thousand dollars in a W two job, but I make a hundred thousand dollars in a business, is there a tax benefits as a business owner? Yeah, for sure. And you know, one of the things I always like to say is that uh, you know when you have a regular W two, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, you pay with things with after tax dollars. Now you, you know, own a business and you're really paying with things with before tax dollars and you're often paying yourself with different advantages. I mean, if you're a, a regular employee, you may have just a 401k, 
Okay. But now as a business owner, you know, you make a decision. So I had the 401k plus I had the profit sharing that I'm making the decision, you know, what I am putting in. Um, and then, you know, the other expenses, you know, perhaps the employer typically only offers, you know, you know, you know, two or three of the benefit plans for health. Well, now, you know, I can get the best plan and I can make that, uh, you know, potentially deductible as well as the other perks. You know, you have a car that's in the business. I get to deduct a portion of that uh, that's non-personal um, versus, you know, when I drive to work um, as a regular employee, I may not have that ability. Uh, the best though is one of the things is that uh, when you go to the franchisee conferences that hopefully are someplace, you know, Nashville or, you know, Orlando, Las Vegas, someplace hot and fun, um, you know, those, those costs are deductible versus, you know, you want to va- go on vacation. No, those, those are not deductible. Yeah. So there's some advantages for sure. Well said. Yeah. I, and I, I think that's a big thing. Um, there, there's some great books out there. I know yours is coming out. But like uh, loophole, loop, loopholes of the rich, um, mm-hmm. Thompson talks about all these kind of write-offs that are, you know, regular folks that don't own businesses are not privy to. Right. And it's one of the reasons I got into business to begin with is is to, you know, take advantage of that. And and the government understands as a business owner, you're you're not paying as much taxes, but you're employing people who are playing paying the full boat for right. taxes on the W two. Yes. So you're hiring people and and you're creating jobs with your business, and and that's a great thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's tax base, as you mentioned earlier, it's a tax base for the community. Mm-hmm. That's that's really powerful. Really, um, a great reason to get into business. The, so, the other thing that I found that was interesting too is uh, you know we wanted to build a family environment type of thing. We touched a lot of lives. So you know when you say you had you know 50 employees. They were they were employees. They were part of a family, though, and we got to know them pretty well. But, you know, what we did is we built a business that provided food for their tables, um, and that in itself is is really satisfying. It's really satisfying, yep. and so it's not just about getting away from a stupid boss and a stupid commute, you know, for yourself. But you're providing this, you know, and I talk about that in in my book about I, I have a couple who met at my business, ended up getting married, had children. And it's like, if I didn't really take this chance and do this business, would that have happened? Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting to think in those kind of terms, they call it the butterfly effect where, you know, butterfly flaps of wings and it has an effect, you know, thousands of miles away by a ripple. Right. And, and I kind of love that whole part of it. <laughs> um, as, as people are thinking about a, a business, um, what else would you suggest is something to, to think about to choose a franchise i think when you you go to look for a franchise you know there's there's so many out there you know and but i think there's a couple things to look for first and look at your area you know like i was recently um i think back in may or so i was in uh, you know palm springs area and, and i saw del taco and there was a line at every del taco i said well that's pretty cool uh, and um but there's no del tacos out here in, in philadelphia area so you may say hey this, this is a great product i think i should open one here and it's really hard to get one here because you have to think that if you are eligible and they do want to expand here, you're going to be the only one in that uh, geography for a period of time. So all the ad dollars that you're going to spend on a national level are going to be allocated to the the ones out in the uh, you know um, you know California area. So you know now you're going to, have to spend more money to try to promote that. But you know I think it also goes back to you know finding one that really is is strong 
that you're going to have uh, support at the franchisor level. You know, just because you have that experience at the store, you know, there are times when, you know, they just, if they're smaller, they may not have the infrastructure set up enough to provide you with the detail um, and support that you need. So now you have to have extra, um, you know, wherewithal to get through things because you don't have a lot of people to ask. So, you know, support and, and then your knowledge and the passion to pick something that's going to be, you know, that you're going to like, you know, as, as you said, just because you like donuts is not a good reason to open it. But, you know, if, uh, if you don't enjoy art, then, you know, being a graphics guy is not going to be something that is, is going to really pique your interest every day um, because at some point you may have to do it. Right, right. Yeah. And, and I think, it, you know, the way I help people get placed in a franchise is, is really by the personality tests. Bingo. You know, if, if you're an introvert, but the franchise is going to require you to go out and knock on doors uh, and drum up business, that's going to be a big, big problem. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the personality is a, is a key. And I think you'll find that when you start talking to other franchisees, you're going to see the type of personalities that go into opening those, those particular offices or stores. And if you can match your personality with them and you also kind of, you know, pass the personality test for the other, you know, piece that you provide, then yeah, now you're on to at least the right track. And then you have to kind of satisfy the other things. Yeah, so true. It That's a really important thing. Um, on my website, thefranchiseacademy.com, I have 39 questions to ask franchise owners. It's a free download. So if you're listening and need those questions, either email me or just go right, right to the website. You could download 39 questions to ask franchise owners. So Charlie, as, as we tie it up, I have one pivotal question for you. Um, what myth can you bust about franchising uh, right now? <laughs> That's a tough one. Um, I, I would have to say probably, um, and I sort of alluded to it before, just because you're buying a franchise doesn't make you successful. Mm -hmm. It's going to give you a lot of tools to make it successful, but it's still going to be up to you to you know climb the mountain and reach that pinnacle so you can say, I got it. Um, and you're enjoying what you're doing. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that have, uh, you know, tried and failed, but they did try. And just as you said, your second one, um, you know, it didn't work out and that happens a lot of times, but, uh, you know, enough, you tried and, you know, you move on to the next, uh, next one or whatever. But I think going into these things with, uh, with the amount of information, the things that you provide, as far as information, uh, it will certainly help somebody be successful, but the myth is going to be, uh, you know, it's, it's not easy because if it was easy, everybody'd be doing it. No question about it. And, and I say, if you ever listen to my podcasts, you'll, You've heard me say this before. If you are the kind of person that joins a gym and thinks you're going to get in shape just because you joined a gym, don't buy a franchise. <laughs> you actually have to use the equipment. You actually have to do the program in order to be successful. You have to show up. <laughs> so cool. Hey, Charles, how could people get in touch with you if they want to talk to an accountant about buying a franchise? Ah, that's great. So a couple ways. You can certainly reach me at my phone number, 267 477 1061 um, or my email is uh, c period jabron that's j-e-b-r-a-n at jabron cpas.com um, and also uh, i have a franchise landing landing page for my book which is going to be called the uh, um, uh, franchisee fortune a guide to wealth and freedom um, and that'll be a landing page on my my website which is uh, jabron um, cpas.com that's awesome. All that information will be on thefranchiseacademy.com. So if you didn't get all that, just go to thefranchiseacademy.com. You'll be able to click through 
straight to the website with Charles and, and his whole firm of like how many people you have working there? Like we have, uh, we, we have uh, 22 people all together. So it's a, it's a good group who, uh, you know, enjoy what they do. You know, I sense family atmosphere and, uh, you know, we're, we're hoping that we can, uh, you know, help a lot of franchisees out there be successful and reach their, their dreams. Cause that's the fun part. Amen to that. Well, right. thank you so much, Charles. Uh, appreciate all the knowledge, all the wisdom, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Tom, thanks for having me. It was a, a great pleasure. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.